Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, John, I'd like to take a second to shout out the network that helps distribute our show, Armchair Media. Armchair is a collection of 50 plus podcasts, including ours, trying to localize the sports world a little bit more. We've been with them for, I'd say about a year now, maybe longer. Honestly, it's hard to keep track of time uh, these days, but uh, we definitely enjoy growing our audience along with theirs. Apologies to Armchair on uh, how infrequently we've uploaded podcasts in the last few months, but um, you know they're good guys, they'll understand. Starting June 1st, Bet Online is going to be our new title sponsor on Armchair, as well as the title sponsor of this show. It's going to open up the possibility to develop merchandise lines as well as potentially host live events once we return to a semblance of normalcy. That'd be fun, huh? So with uh, NASCAR, UFC, and golf coming back, Bet Online has hundreds of games and events to bet on, even in the current circumstances. They have live and simulated sports as well as a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge and enter for free. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device. Check out the action. BetOnline is your online wagering solution. In addition to BetOnline coming aboard, Armchair is now going to serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club. You a big fan of skateboarding, John? Yeah. Yeah. Casual. Did you ever you ever skateboard growing up? No. Yeah, me neither. I don't have have the balance for it. But excited to learn more about it with The Nine Club. Hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart, The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating, Check them out on social media at The Nine Club. See all things Armchair. Search Armchair Media wherever you get your pods. Also, check out Armchair's website, armchairmedianetwork.com, and their social channels at Armchair Media. Armchair, armchair Media. Those who can do, those who can't, take a seat. Hashtag take a seat. So I guess that's us, John. We're taking a seat right now. Let's get on to our show. Welcome to Land Trucks After Dark. Justin Sanders joined tonight by John Stefanchik. Back in the saddle only about what day we recorded last week. Has it been a week? Has it been eight days? Regardless, much more regular with this uh, this episode here where we're back at it. John, how's it feel? It's good. It's good to be back in the saddle. Um, it feels like in general, society, we're inching towards more normalcy. From a societal standpoint, I think which so. Is inching is inching's the operative term there, right? I mean, not yeah, not really inching. anything has changed since we last spoke, but well, we got we we have outdoor seating in New Hampshire this week, which we did right. It's interesting, week. John, that New Hampshire is the libertarian live free or die state, right? And yet here in Texas, we we're like weeks ahead of you on this whole reopening thing. What what's that about? I mean, we're live free or die uh, relative to the rest of liberal New England. In this relevant. case, it might be live free and die, right? In the current Potentially. situation. Potentially. Yeah, I, guess, I guess we'll find do you, out. Do you have pre-existing conditions? How old are you? That's kind of determined. Yeah, do you live in a nursing home? Do you have elderly relatives you visit regularly? Yeah, so we'll see. Um, 
But that's great. Are you excited? I guess also the other thing about it is you, it's kind of more of a hot spot up where you are. Maybe that influences the whole reopening thing a little bit more. You're a little yeah, bit closer to the northeastern hot spots. We're okay. I mean, Boston's a, a hot is – a, is a, is, I'd say warm but not hot. Mm. Um, there's plenty of mass holes coming across the border going. A lot of them will be going to their properties and the lakes and mountain regions this weekend for Memorial Day. Memorial Day feels – Feels, I guess it's, it feels like it's a week early this year because look at the calendar, it kind of is. But mm. as slow as the past two months have been, Memorial Day is here. Um, looking forward to it. We're supposed to be 85 on Friday, which is very warm for uh, May in New Hampshire. That's mild, nice. Mild winter, springs come early. Uh, we've got a good 10-day outlook here. I'm looking a lot of sunshine. <laughs> good weather. We're looking forward to it. Kinda. Yeah, I honestly forgot it was Memorial Day at all until it found out we get Monday off. You know, yep. yesterday, and so that was a nice little way to start the week. Reminder yep. of a three-day weekend. Yeah, but it's kind of bullshit. You can't go sit in the bar and have a couple beers, watch a couple innings of a baseball game at this point. That's just still – and we're not going to be there for a while. Did you uh, see anything about the MLB rules that got proposed? I haven't There's seen anything in the last week. I was reading – I read about it when it was initially being floated, you know, maybe a month ago. But 80-page doc. So they said uh, – they released an 80-page – I think it's it's eighty page document on what the recommendation is from all the lawyers and doctors, and they're saying no spitting on the field. Which how the hell are you can tell baseball players not <laughs> spit? No sunflower seeds. Um, unless the play is live, defenders are encouraged to run away from the runner, so you can't go pick the runner. Like how the hell? Like it's not you can't play baseball unless the play is live, though. But I mean, the play is. Always. Unless time is called, right? Unless time is called, but that—that's—I don't understand that necessarily. That's kind of—that's kind of—that's like a little league rule, huh? No stealing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's like, come on. Now we'll see. But this kind of gets into whole as as sports start to. And I haven't spent very much time at all thinking about how sports open back up. Other than I, I don't see how you put fans in the stands. Um, I agree. Which for the NFL, their TV contracts, they can get away with it. Uh, the NBA can do it and function. Baseball. Maybe even the SEC football can. It's better. Baseball is going to take a bigger hit, but they can get through it. Uh, yeah. Hockey, I would see the same way. I don't know if he's, hockey's talking about a 24 team resumption, which I'm assuming means no Canadian teams because they can't. The U.S. and Canada can't agree. That's that's crazy. That's true. That's just. I haven't studied that very much, but college sports—it's really. Is the border is the border open? Can you even go to Canada right now? Oh, I don't. Well, so I that, don't even that know. would if be part of going, an issue there. You're going Canadian, getting going into Canada for work purposes is tough these days. Uh, tourism's locked down. I think getting over would be hard. I mean, yeah. if there was. So, like, I mean that that complicates it right away. If you're a trucker with a key commodity, you can get across the paper. Yeah. Beyond that, like I, I mean, how the hell do you? Well, it is Canada, so you would think hockey would be a key import-export, so maybe they would get away with it there. Yeah, you would think Trudeau would be all about that, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. I mean, I think I talked about it last week, but SEC fans are very adamant that they're going to play, as one of my coworkers put it, um, who actually went to Texas, but she – uh, I think has SEC ties as well. She definitely follows SEC football. She was like, well, when a hurricane hits us down here, they don't stop playing football in California, et cetera, et cetera, basically being like, 
Hold, Why should the SEC on. care about the Pac-12? She went to Texas? She went to Texas. She went to Texas and is comparing COVID-19 to a hurricane. <laughs> well, no disrespect to her. her Orange line down, of, baby. No disrespect Orange to her down. line of reasoning there. Um, but I think her point is, and I think a lot of SEC fans agree with this, if our state is doing better comparatively to, say, a state like California or somewhere like New York, why should we have to suspend – you know, our football season, et cetera, et cetera. But I just – I think that is, that's very optimistic and short-sighted of a way to look at it. If the SEC plays in the fall, we talked about a lot of different ways that might happen last yeah. week. It's very hard to believe there's going to be fans in the stadium. And, and when you start talking about what's being thrown around right now as, like, ways to accomplish that, like only sell 25% of tickets. If you're only selling 25% of tickets – it, it would almost probably be cheaper not to let anyone in, but you're going to staff all the concession stands and the security and the ticket office yep. for one fourth of the people. And what are you really accomplishing there? And is that really going to keep anybody safer? Because you're still talking about what is that? 15,000 people in Vaughn Hemingway. Yep. The whole idea of it is just kind of silly. I think it makes more sense if you're going to play to just have it be they, TV they, only. They can't play. The problem is these colleges, if they're going to maintain amateur status, they can't play in empty stadiums because how, how do you put those students at higher risk than uh, students taking class? So they're – Yeah. No, I agree gonna, with that. And they're going to have to let students – They're going to have to put – They're going to put a quarter full stadium in there for live – for to maintain amateurism, I think, is where – if, if they I think play. at that Either point, that and I mean, it's, it's, it's not like the NCAA is just now starting to look – like their logic is stretched. But at that point, you're going to that link to try to maintain the idea of amateurism. It's kind of like, obviously, this is a sham well, to you begin got, with. Like, what are you even talking you about? you got greedy old men. I mean, Mitch McConnell's third cousins probably, you know, he's, he's the guy making these decisions. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think right now the, op, the outlook is not optimistic. I mean, to put it in Ole Miss perspective, I think Ole Miss just – move the game with Baylor to Sunday instead of Saturday to open the season, you know, get their own primetime slot, et cetera. But like at the end of the day, why on earth would Houston want that game here? You know, the stadium's owned by Harris County. I don't think there's going to be any interest in playing an empty stadium game for NRG. If that game is played at all, I think it's going to be in Waco or in Oxford because there, there's no, there's there, first of all, there's no way there's going to be fans there. Yep. It's, in, it's in what, uh, Two and a half months. It is in, in three. It's in yeah, three, two and a half months. Two and a half. Yep. Yeah, and, and so that's one thing. I don't think there's going to be fans there, and so why would NRG Stadium care to host that game? I have no idea what's happening to games like that. Secondly, there was no spring football or very uh, maybe a couple of spring practices at most. So far, there have been no summer workouts. Talked about coming back on June first or something. Are the football coaches really going to want their teams to start the season on time? It seems more likely the season, if it's going to happen, is going to start like October 1st, assuming they're yeah. able to start training in the next month. Let the NFL – well, their hope – I think the hope would be they let the NFL get going. But is the NFL going to play with fans in the stands? I don't, I don't think so. I think the NFL – honestly, the NFL, no fans in the stands would have a huge season. People are going to be so yeah. desperate for that. Oh, people are going to watch the shit out of that. Especially if you fantasy go like is going to be bigger than ever before. Sports if you can gambling. go in a socially distanced – if you go in a bar socially, in a socially distant manner, you get a group of guys, you reserve a table, here you go, 
Boom. I would say, I would say even, I would say maybe even bigger for the NFL if there are still no bars or restaurants really open at that point. Everybody's going to be at home. The game is going to be literally the only game in town. People are going to be glued to their TVs. I think either NFL. way. They're, yeah, because it's like, what the hell, you know. All this what else are you going to do? I was going to be like, screw this shit. But at the same time, I, I think really we've already seen it. And people, I think, forget because it was so early on. There was a, a player in an NBA game on the court that had the virus and the reaction was swift and severe. Do we really think we're not going to see that again when these sports start coming back? Well, I think everybody making these plans has to have – The counter is going to be we didn't know. Now we know. They're going to have to agree and say, look, if one guy tests if, – if you're going to shut it down, if one guy tests positive, then you can't come back. Well, we I know – have to agree I, to say it can go up to a certain point – to a certain amount before you. It's just, it's going to look really bad, especially for something like the NCAA or the SEC, quote unquote, amateur sports that are purely for the love of the game. Yep. When say like, I don't even know if non-Power 5 programs are going to play. So I'll pick a Power 5. Let's say NC State has 25 cases break out on their team. They got to shut the season down. All the teams that played them have to all get tested and more than they were already. People are like, I'm just saying that's a really bad look. And I think if you really think, even if it's just the power five, we're going to be playing football this fall, that's going to happen. There's going to be an outbreak somewhere. Uh, it's just the reality of what it is. I have no idea how this is going to play out, but yeah, if let's that look happens, what's ba the tolerance? Ba Baylor could happen. Southeast Missouri. Are they even going to play? No way. No way. These teams, they're not going to field a team. I think uh, I think it's damn. I think it's very possible that you have an SEC only schedule. And maybe tell Baylor let's play and and what what's the what's the last cupcake on the schedule? Uh, Georgia Southern November twenty first. Tell Baylor, hey, you want to play in November? I mean, I don't. I I think it's a it's a lot of things going on that first week. One of them being out of conference on a neutral site. Two things that seem less likely than actually playing SEC games. Plus yep. the fact that it's so soon. No one's even started working out yet. I, the whole thing is just – I just think SEC fans are being very optimistic right now, thinking the yep. football is going to start number one on time if it happens at all this year. So, if you're, if, you're, if you're the NCAA college football, ideally you would have the NFL have a partially full stadiums, play two or three weeks. Um, everything's okay, and then you feel comfortable hitting go in October. But as the NFL the thing is, the I don't think the NFL and cop the NFL didn't give a shit about trying to put fans in the stands to appease college. Now, I guess the flip side would be the NFL would say, well, "We're going to throw fans in the stands, and if it doesn't work, we'll just take them out and put players out there." They could do that, just because from the standpoint of I have more, I don't yeah, have to I issue ticket. I, I wonder how much the NFL cares about. The ticket revenue. I'm looking right now. It says on average, NFL team makes seven million per event in a stadium. Yeah. So that's oh, they, like fifty-six million a year. They are greedy. They want every dollar. But but if you're talking again about 25, 30 percent capacity, you got to cut that number down. So take it from yeah. take it from seven million to two and a half million a game. If and, the NFL and the risk like, is your season getting shut down. 
Maybe yep. you do that calculus and you say, I'd rather just own the airwaves and reduce any bad PR from having a, you know, fans in the stadium. I don't know. Or does the NFL say, we want to fill it a fourth full and be leaders and bringing society back, and then they can claim a, you know, a social stewardship. I mean, they're, they're going to claim social stewards whether they put people in the building or not, basically, because they're going to say, we're the only, you know, we're the sports that have been affected. So they're definitely going to make that play. It'll be interesting. So I think uh, in general, it's it's from my Googling here in the last two minutes, it's yep. safe to say that the tickets make up a twentieth of the amount that the, the TV revenue makes up. It says eight billion dollars go to the league's thirty-two teams in TV revenue. Yeah. Compared to what what's fifty-six times thirty-two? Fifty times thirty is uh I was saying about 50, 56 million per season for I guess what I should be doing is eight billion divided by thirty. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, it's a lot of money from TV. And that that's gotta be what you're focused on if you're the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about two hundred and fifty million in TV revenue versus fifty six million in the, the ticket yeah. sales. Yeah. So I was off. It's about five times as much. All right, go on, John. Yeah. But still they're they're in good shape with TV. Um. Anyway, bouncing around, so Ole Miss and USC have a home and home schedule. And there's some Lane Kiffin effect right there. Yeah, that's fun, right? It's a fun little Kiffin story. I mean, I think everyone's seen that it's in 2025-2026. Yeah, so that, that would be it. Would be Kiffin's fifth season and sixth season. So I think everybody I, reading I, that. I think Lane. I think the Kiffin era is almost is basically delayed a year, regardless if they play or not, because recruiting is going to get impacted by this and sure but i mean i think you can say the same for every program so yeah it's not first necessarily year, first year staffs i think are going to have a hard or, or yeah well i think i think first year staffs across the country are probably going to get some extra slack because of exactly what you said so for sure however you want to spin it but i guess the question everybody thought when they saw that is is lane kiffin coaching the fifth season at Ole miss the sixth season at Ole miss i don't know well, I, so so when does recruiting return to normal I don't know what what's what even is normal. I don't know. When what you if you why don't you build a staff build a staff that crushes Zoom recruiting? Don't don't you have to have a well? It's true. I guess does does recruiting become more digital? Well, I think it certainly is, and this goes back to what we were talking about last week, where stuff like video conferencing, stuff that was always gonna become part of these things, and now it's become a necessity. Um, yeah. I mean, for the kids, it's probably good for some of the kids that aren't the top 500 recruits in the country because now mm -hmm. the coach doesn't have to invest the kind of resources to talk to them that they would have to if they're going to come visit their school or something so i don't yeah. know I, I don't know how it all shakes out in the end but it's uh it's definitely extremely different for these coaches yeah yeah but do you so i guess that's my question john is lane kiffin coaching at old miss in 2025 2026 to play the trojans we'll, we'll see who knows? Well, you got to make a call. Um, asking you. I'm going to say yes. I think it's a safe bet because partially of what you said. I also think that Kiffin has jumped around notoriously. USC, Tennessee, and then coordinator to Alabama, and then uh, went to FAU, and that was, that's kind of what he's been known for. And I think, number one, it's going to be harder for him to jump back to a program the caliber that he would leave Ole Miss for. 
I think he's going to need another year or two to get it really where he wants to go. I think year five could be Lane's got a, you know, like a nine, ten win type team. Freeze was here for five years, right? Yeah. 2012. Plus, I think if Lane does well, I think Ole Miss will – Ole Miss will pay him $5 million. Yeah, no, I think Freeze proved but that as well. Does he bounce around? I mean, does Lane, you know, Lane's – I don't think Lane's going to be looking to immediately jump to another That program. That was part of my point, too. And I think when Kiffin was hired, a lot of people – immediately, I think the the sidewalk fan reaction was, you know, have fun for the next two years until he jumps to go somewhere else. But if, if you really look at what's going on, I think we know now – this applies to Ole Miss, and it applies to Mississippi State. It applies to a lot of teams uh, that maybe weren't traditionally able to do stuff like this. In the current reality where you have the SEC money and you have how big these programs have gotten, if a coach wins somewhere like Ole Miss or Mississippi State, mm-hmm. they will pay them $5 million. They will make it so essentially there are only 20 jobs in the country you would leave less, for. Uh, I think it, is it – are there 20? I think based on either size, let's, tradition, let's or recruiting, so, recruiting base is important. In the SEC, he's not going to um, – He would go to Alabama, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Texas Georgia, A&M. Texas A&M, A&M, Georgia. A&M maybe, probably A&M, push him, shove. Tennessee, he six. can't go back to Tennessee. No, I think that's not Missouri, six. Not Carolina, not – yeah, that's six. But then you throw in, you know, places like USC. Let's pretend he never had the history USC. there, but that's a big program. Does he leave for UCLA? I don't know at this point. Know, but, like, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame FSU. But uh, we Oregon, said – we said, John, it's not just about Lane. I'm saying what are the number of jobs uh, that – if yeah. it, that it would actually either outpay you or pay well, you the yeah, same well, and without class. Nine, yeah, yeah, if you build a nine and three team at Ole Miss, get paid five million bucks for Julia, I got you. Pac twelve, uh, may maybe what maybe Washington, Oregon, SC. That's but the it. point is, we're talking about programs that a, a, maybe a traditional college football fan would say is like fiftieth, sixtieth in prestige. But yeah. with the resources now and the SEC network money, a lot of these SEC schools like Ole Miss and Mississippi State have proven that they have the money to keep coaches. And I mean, Dan Mullen left for Florida. That's a yeah. better job than either any any coach would probably leave Ole Miss or Mississippi State to go coach at Florida if they didn't have connections to the schools. That's one of the twenty. But yeah. you know, I think Hugh Freeze wasn't going to leave if he hadn't done himself in for a program less than that. And uh, that's, I mean, that's, so I think Lane Kiffin, if he wins, will, will basically be in the same boat. So yep. I think all of that is to say he probably will still be the coach when they play USC, assuming football still exists for a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, it, that's a good, it's a, it's a fun matchup. Congrats to uh, Keith Carter on setting that up. It's not just fun because of the Lane Kiffin connection. It's cool because USC is a big name program um, you think Ole Miss loses both those games? I know it's way too early to know what the team's going to be like. Who is way, it's way Who too early. Who knows what USC is going to be like, huh? Who knows? I mean, Lane Lane should have a pretty good team by then. Well, that's the hope, right? This works out the way we want it to. We'll see. And, and watch watch Kiffin, you know, win like, like eight games in three years and he gets fired and then he's not the coach for that. But uh, That'll never happen. You don't think so? 
Is it, there would need to be a scandal. Well, also not not out of the question. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen at this point with Lane. It'd be like NCAA rules issue. It's some if Ole Miss boosters are sloppy enough to get Lane fired, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> at that point, they should just rehire Cutcliffe and go go get Arch Manning and win seven games a year with him. Hmm. I mean, I think if Ole Miss got popped that hard with the NCAA again, you probably have a lot of fans that would prefer that. I mean, it's just it's just so yeah. much. I mean, it's not like Freeze ever won. I mean, well, beating Alabama, I guess, is arguably worth the the psychic cost imposed by the NCAA uh, yeah. on Ole Miss. But at the same time, you never won a championship <laughs> or even got to the playoff or even made it to Atlanta. So there are still lots of things I think that Ole Miss fans – yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is, if if Kiffin or any Ole Miss coach inflicted that much pain on the program again, I think Ole Miss fans would want to see some uh, some sort of something more out of it than what they got at Hugh Freeze's era for all the shit yeah. they went through since then. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the shit they went through since then, John, I was just telling you before the show. Apparently, uh, according to Ole Miss football on Twitter, I believe that's who uh, posted. Let me confirm this. Uh, Old Miss and Matt Luke really cleaned their act up since uh, since Hugh Freeze and well I guess really since before that Houston Nut tanked the program and had everything in disarray. Yeah. Um, let's see here if I can find the exact thing. But basically, what I'm saying is, Old Miss apparently the last four years had the second or the number one APR in the SEC and the second best in the country. As I read early, so that's that's pretty good, John. That's something. It's not winning on the field, well, but it means you you have good grades. Well, okay. I mean, Matt Luke's paid to win games, and as our uh, multiple multiple uh, time guest Table Cobbleson likes to has explained to us before, it's all about the thug talent ratio. Okay. And if you have less thug, you have less talent, and high APR means less thug, which means less talent. APR and talent are indirectly correlated in general. In the Southeastern Conference, at least. Stanford, a little bit different, but this is – I mean, this is the SEC. Sure. You're saying you're saying that the having the highest APR probably isn't a good sign. Uh, it's like, saying, to it's like saying investing in bonds right now with like a 0.6% yield is exciting. Okay, so I found the tweet, Ole Miss football, 2015 to 2019 – 997 APR, best in the SEC, number two in the nation. Almost football posted, posted an APR score of 997, one in the SEC, number two in the country at the FBS level. Here's the thing, though, John. I think when Matt Luke was hired, if we were being honest with ourselves, the most you could hope for was that he laid a solid foundation for whoever wants to come after him because the program was in turmoil. They hadn't even received yep. their punishment from the NCAA yet. The coach had been yep. fired. It's a uh, large scandal. Um, they were on a downward trend in the win column. All that to say, I think this is at least some sort of a positive from the Matt Luke era. At least the team seems to be intact. It's not like he – I think the locker room is probably in a better place than when Freeze left it. And certainly, I think as far as the NCAA is well, concerned, when did they they didn't get their. Uh, well, so he was the interim. It was in the fall when he was the he interim, had two, right? Two like uh, 
So he was coached three years. He was interim for one year, with the first year being the interim. Right. He he didn't get his NCAA. They didn't get their NCAA. Did he, coach, did he only coached two until seasons. After his uh, till after his uh, first uh, first full well not full year first uh, his second year first uh, um, permanent year if you will. Right. So his interim year was no wait no. No, Freeze coached a five and seven after yeah. 20, I mean, that, Luke, was Luke, 2015, Luke went, yeah, that was 2015, 2016. That was 16. So, Luke no, what, I, I think what happened, John, was Luke was the interim coach in the fall of 17, right? Correct. In Dece- on December 1st, no, it looks like, yeah, on December 1st, I believe, is when they got this from doing some weekly here. Yeah, December 1st. So, it was the end of his interim season. They got popped. He was hired that month by Bjork full-time. Yeah. So, I think we all knew going into it that things were bad. Yeah, so he got popped. That's right, because they didn't get the – they didn't get popped because they, they didn't know – They, they thought A.J. Brown might leave, they, they all that stuff. They didn't get the ruling before the time to hire the coach. Right, exactly. And the appeal um, – the second-year bowl ban appeal uh, – mm-hmm. Was the, the following year, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, all that, all that to say, Luke weathered that storm. Ole Miss is through the NCAA punishment for the most part, at least. Maybe some per base or something. I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah. But he did that. The APR is good. It's a positive for the most yeah. part. It seems like the locker room is pretty healthy. Um, anybody that was transferring before Luke left, for the most part, I think if Kiffin's wanted them back, they've been able to convince them. So. You know, say whatever you want about Matt Luke, but he basically, in my opinion, did what he was hired to do. I'd agree. I mean, did we really think that Matt Luke was going to set the world on fire? I think we were we were clearly deluding ourselves whenever we would talk ourselves into no, that was, being a possibility. No, he had to be the martyr. Yeah, he's a good rebel, and he and he did what he was asked. So, kudos to Matt Luke. And now, I guess we get to see if Ole Miss can pull itself up by its bootstraps again. Yeah, we shall see. Well, John, what uh, what happened in your NASCAR race this week? I didn't watch. Oh, I'm a Harvick one. That wasn't I mean, my I, guy. I mean, I, I yeah, Harvick? I assigned my I assigned myself Harvick and Harvick won. So oh, okay, it's rigged. Yeah. Did we explain how I assigned drivers to everybody last week? You touched on some of it. You told me who I won. Who's it? Okay, I was thinking of Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart kind of looks like Ted Cruz, huh? Uh, yeah, he does. It, he totally does. Stewart's a fatter version, but yeah, he looks a lot like Ted I get, Cruz. I gave you Ryan Blaney. Where's Ryan Blaney? Finish? They race again tomorrow night, by the way. Yeah, so what they're doing like four races a week now, or something? Uh, two a week. Well, they're doing two cup a week. They're supposed to have an Xfinity race tonight, but it looks like it got rained out. Ryan Blaney, what did what did he finish? Um, I'm looking it up right He's now. He's eighth in the Cup Series right now. So that's good. I'll take that. So if you go to ESPN right now, is NASCAR like a top story? Let's check it out. Let's see. It's a good question. 16th. Not very. 16th. Well, I'm sure the last dance is the top five stories, but actual sports, they got any NASCAR news up here? Let's see. Ratings were up 38%. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good, right? 
I don't know if it's yeah. I, I'm interested. I wonder if people are actually watching the Korean baseball. I know it's on at crazy times. If it was on when I had nothing else going on and I wasn't asleep, I'd watch it. Yeah. I think it's fun. No, ESPN, as predicted, is mostly just uh, last dance and a little bit of NFL preseason. It's yeah, there's it's it's all Michael Jordan right now. Really all anybody wants to talk about. Hmm. Let's see we see where the starting lineup is for tomorrow. I saw Ryan Blaney is in grid one section five or something. Whatever that means. I Googled him. Um, all the races are at the same track for now, is that right? Uh, they're running a Darlington again, and then they will have. Uh, then they'll go to Charlotte this weekend. Darlington Raceway. So how they? How's the pit working out? They got everybody distance out in there. Uh, everybody's wearing a mask. Okay. I don't think. Uh, I think there's probably some social distancing behind the wall, but pit stops are happening as normal. Mm. Is the format still the same as always? Anything change about the format? Of each race, I know they're doing more. Same format. Didn't they get rid of like um, practices or something to reduce strain on the cars? Do what? Yeah, that's what I that's what I heard about when it first happened. Something about they they eliminated a lot of the the stuff before the race, like all the different things like they would normally do. Pre race and everything. Sure, let me see what. But all the stuff they would normally do leading up, like I don't know, time trials and practice runs and stuff, just so that hopefully the cars wouldn't break down as often. I saw it on ESPN. Uh, if they're going to run closer races, that would make some sense. Let right, because they're saying they're going to do like five in twenty days or whatever, so they got to they got to plan for the cars making it that far. With the exception of the of the Coke 600 on Sunday, May 24th, these races will not feature practice or qualifying sessions. There you go. I knew something about NASCAR that you didn't know. Wow. Is that a, what's that mean for the sport, though? That's kind of interesting. Do you think the drivers like that? Don't like that? It's less shit they got to do. But I feel like it, when I first heard that, I felt like it makes I, I it don't less understand. Safe. I, I don't understand why you can't run two practice sessions qualifying. I don't know. You tell me. But they're not doing it. All right, and then what else? Uh, what other sports do we talk about in that ad for Bet Online? UFC. I don't really care about that. I know horse racing. They're running without fans. That's cool. Need to watch. Yeah, they never stopped. Um, uh, golf okay golf yeah did you watch the golf thing I didn't watch it uh yeah it was kind of different interesting it wasn't really a tournament right no no it was four dudes playing a bullshit playing a skins game for charity mm, got you okay it was just something live right right exactly is it are, are real golf tournaments coming back soon, or are they not been scheduled? Uh, June eleventh through fourteenth, the Colonial is the first tournament back in Fort Worth. Okay, well, that's exciting. I guess if you like golf, so this yeah. baseball plan you were talking about, how soon is this going to happen? 
They got to do spring training first. They right? want to. They want to get it agreed upon by the end of the month so they can do spring training in June. I see. So they want to start the season by July fourth. It says, huh? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to get there. They, they really. It's pretty soon. It's Memorial Day. Yep. Hmm. And yeah, a big part of all these plans to reopen as part of the NBA plan as well is you have to secure a certain number of tests at every week or whatever the intervals are so that you can test everyone in your sphere. But here's yeah. I mean, John, do you think the NBA comes back this year or they just scrap it? Um it's a good question. I mean they ought to be able to come back except what happens if like Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James test positive and can't play. Yeah, or I mean I, I think it's all a, about like how much of the athletes really getting out of it. And if you're talking about let's bring back just the playoff teams, okay, that's starting to make sense, right? They're they want to win a championship. I, I listened to Cuban on part of my take. They're adamant that they want to have a couple, three weeks of regular season games, though, just so, so they quote unquote get their legs yeah. back up. Get, get in shape for the playoffs. I just don't know. I mean, if, if that doesn't start in the next month, how does the timeline work out? What does that mean for I, next season? I, at this point, I say if I were the NHL NBA, I'd be scrapping the season and saying, let's. Let's but but if you are in that position and you do that and then it turns out to be a seasonal thing where it gets a lot worse in the fall and winter and you end up not being able to play again, like you basically you just you could have played in the summer and at least gotten some of your revenue and fan base back and instead you waited and you get screwed again. I'm just saying they got to be thinking about all these possibilities. Yeah, who know, who the hell knows? It, everybody's it, – would it all come – I guess, well – how much of this too is how is liability going to be judged and enforced mm-hmm. if you're a business or you're a business such as one of these sporting leagues or just more of a normal business mm-hmm. and you bring people back in the office and somebody tests positive gets sick are they i mean how are they liable yeah protection i mean the republicans are helping there needs to be liability exemptions for businesses that come mm-hmm. back which which I can see the argument to, to do, but then how do you how do you really draw the line? That's where this all gets really really tricky. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how it's does a, that how does that work now? Obviously, if you get injured on the job, that's one thing. But like, where is that line drawn for illnesses now? I just I guess I don't know. Like, I don't think seasonal flu is treated have you, as. Have you seen? A, yeah, I haven't heard of any yeah, lawsuit man. from a. A worker got sick or died. But, but like asbestos, like that's a huge legal issue. So it's like, where do you draw that line for a health condition that happens at work, right? It becomes something I the courts the have to decide. I guess the protection for the company is the lack of definition. They can say, look, we we know this is contagious, but there's not clear. It's not clearly defined. Um, it's not clearly defined what what we need to do to prove well i mean well you could also probably well i guess it's going to get tested because some of the some of the biggest problem areas right now are like meatpacking plants i know here in texas it's a big thing that happened in minnesota so i guess what i was going to say is how can you prove someone got it at work but at a certain point if there's a cluster at a workplace it's almost like well even if some of these people brought it in obviously a lot of them contracted it in the workplace so I guess that that kind of situation will be the ultimate test or like does the employer hold any liability when someone catches this yeah, because they're see, work? They've only issued guidelines thus far. There hasn't been any um 
Mm-hmm. It's not like a law that says you have to do this to. Uh, yeah, you have to provide PPE like this, et cetera. There's just exactly. so many unknowns in all of this, for sure. I don't. Well, what do you think? Um, you think professional sports? They they, they are they going to be wearing protection on the on the field? Are you going to see people wearing no. face masks under their helmets? You can't you can't have people wearing masks when they're doing more than just walking around? Huh? I mean, probably not. But I don't know. I mean, what are they? Things are going to look different. You said no spitting. That's pretty dramatic. Baseball players can wear masks. They're mostly just standing around out there. I mean, so a base runner's going to wear a mask? Well, the fielders at least. The catcher already wears one. Think about it. Center fielder, full <laughs> steam. Yeah. Well, you, well you, you throw your mask off like a catcher when you're looking for the pop. Why? Throw off, yeah. That could work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Some of these guys already work. They already had the N95 mask they're working out in for the altitude training. Like Marshawn Beast Mode made that popular like several years ago. Uh, geez, so how? Maybe it doesn't yeah. affect them. Who knows? You don't watch Westworld, do you, John? I do not. Well, season three was kind of a dud, but Marshawn Lynch played a non-minor role in the season, which was fun. He was uh, it was. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a great actor, but it is funny when you're watching like this futuristic sci-fi show set in some undetermined time, several hundred years in the future, and Marshawn Lynch like shows up on screen. And you're like, wait a second, is that? That's pretty. So that was that was a highlight. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we didn't talk about anything, but I think we somehow talked about everything we have. To I talk think we about. made a podcast that's appropriate for the world that exists today. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep doing this. We have week, no John. guidelines. We have no. I feel like the whole world is living the '95 Cowboys season. You know, we don't have a coach. <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're doing. Well, it, the coaches they, they the, won a title in '95. Really, I think we're the 96-97 Cowboys. We're the Cowboys post-Jimmy. We have no guidance leadership. Trump and Jerry, it's probably a fair analogy. Well, I was going to say that the the coach is taking hydroxychloroquine, apparently claims to be taking it, so that's a good sign. We're in good hands. I hear Trump's not going to not run for another term so he can do Lysol ads. Well, maybe it's going to be like Georgia. He'll just cancel the election in November to keep us all safe and just stay the president. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. Well, obviously, rosy thoughts to leave you on, dear listeners. But uh, regardless, um, thanks for listening, tuning in. I got some positive feedback last week. Thank you for your kind words. Everybody out there listening, I'm sure everybody's really bored right now. So hopefully listening to us talk about nothing uh, is a little break from – your life where nothing is going on at the same time. So um, happy to be with you. Good to talk to you, John. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. Uh, Tune back in. We'll talk to you sometime.